This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. That's also responded and she was transported to the university hospital. She was provided extensive advanced trauma care, but sadly died hours later. We will release her name once next of kin have been notified. Thanks to descriptions provided by witnesses of the male suspect, officers were able to quickly locate and detain Jesse R. Williams, 31, of Columbia. Mr. Williams resisted officers at the scene of his detention, but was taken into custody without injury, and we were requesting the charge of first-degree murder. Columbia Police Department's Christian Tabak with the update. You're talking about the story yesterday. Dude and a woman, 6370 area, Clark Lane, apparently getting into some kind of fight, and he ends up picking up in effect. We're looking through court documents this morning that Stephanie Bell and I have our hands on this morning. Brian Housworth is going to be joining us shortly here. He was in court yesterday downtown columbia to learn more about this case and it's disturbing on several different levels welcome into the show it's wake up mid-missouri stephanie bell john marsh brian houseworth producer hannah uh my name is brendan rather reading some of these witness statements about what happened apparently a couple several folks started calling the cops this is about 6 30 uh tuesday night they start calling the cops and people are like man there's a dude trying to trying to throw this woman over the bridge here, over the edge of the 63 overpass. Cops end up showing up. And sure enough, they find a body. Of course, this woman, sadly enough, deceased 24. She's a kid, 24 years old. Houseworth there in court yesterday. What were some of the some of the more startling points to you? Well, I'll tell you what sticks out to me, Brandon, is um, number one, he did not go to court. This is confusing. I spent a lot of time in court to pick up court documents. But what happened is the Missouri Probation and Parole Board revoked um, his parole. I got a tip as soon as I arrived at the courthouse yesterday that one of the my sources at the courthouse said that he's been at the DOC. And I said, well, what about court? Well, the bottom line is, and we kind of touched on this, uh, Brandon, yesterday, because he, and technically if he had been caught smoking weed or mm-hmm. driving intoxicated that would be grounds to revoke his parole probably wouldn't happen mm-hmm. you know generally they they have discretion you get so, something like this they 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 revoke him he was going to go back no matter what so there is really no rush to get him in for an arraignment and he was on parole several years ago uh stabbed a 73 year old homeless man mm-hmm. went to the homeless person's tent while he was sleeping shot the victim with a paintball gun stabbed him with a knife said this dude was in his 70s and yes. the guy took off so he's in prison, and so now we're wondering, well, how, how come he was only in prison for uh, for a short time? That's what we're going to cover coming up 7-10 this morning, because there's a lot going on here. Reading some of these witness accounts, mm. uh, one guy driving by, he's going down 63, and he sees this couple over there, and they're fighting off on the side of the road. He calls 911, and he says, yeah, no doubt this dude's trying to kill him. He's trying to pick her up. And throw her over the bridge. What else did you uh, uncover yesterday? Well, I'll tell you, I think what you just said there is so powerful, um, Brandon, and and, and so people know what Brandon and I are quoting from. This is the probable cause statement, which is an official court document. And this is an eyewitness, an eyewitness, Brandon, who was driving on northbound 63 ballpark about 645 on Tuesday. And he told Officer Chang that the male 
quote, was 100% no doubt trying to kill her. That was a quote. He said that the male was trying to throw the female over the guardrail, that the male was trying to pick up the female's legs while doing so, that they at one point were both on top of the ledge. Now, it, it, this the way and another witness kind of described that. He almost fell over as, as well. We have another witness that said that this was a female that drove by a little bit before. So I think the second witness came through that area maybe a minute or two before, maybe two and a half. It's hard to tell from here. But this woman saw the the uh, victim actually squirming, in her words, fighting back, trying to get out of his grip. And he was trying to, like, lift her up. Uh, it, it's just very, very graphic. And, and I, I know it's very graphic to describe this on the air, but I think it's very important people hear this because this gets back to why the CPD sought first-degree murder. This is premeditated based on the court documents. And our next question, and I've asked this, and, and I'm, I'm waiting to hear back, and I know it's early. Will the Boone County Prosecutor's Office seek the death penalty in this case? That is an absolutely appropriate question to ask. And I know it's early. They probably haven't made a decision yet. But at some point, Roger Johnson's going to have to make a decision because this is as uh, she was thrown 40 feet to her death, 38 to be exact. And she was still alive when she was on the ground. She died from a spine injury. Yeah, two things jumped out to me. One, I think, you know, why were they having this dispute? And I think there was some uh, something in the probable cause statement about yes. them um, arguing over some belongings. Yes. Uh, and that seems like a horrible, you know, reason to throw someone over the edge of a bridge. And then also, he seems really disturbed because apparently once he got to the police dis- police station, he uh, the officers were talking amongst themselves about the woman going over the bridge, and he screams out, no, self-defense. Mm-hmm. And then later... Um, they were talking to him, and he says, I'm having emotional problems. Now, if you're a defendant, you know, you have two main defenses, right? Either you're crazy or self-defense. And it seems like he's almost gaming, you know, that he that he knows he's been in the justice system before, and he knows these are my two main defenses. Self-defense, I'm crazy. Spot, um, spot on. It, spot and that, on. That's, that's, that, is, that is 100. You are spot on. I mean, these Remember, they, they've spent time in the penitentiary they know the law as well. And a, a lot of these guys, because I worked in the prison system, if they had been on the up and up, they'd be making six figures as attorneys. They know what they're doing and they know the law very well. But, you know, where he, he screwed up a little bit was where he was talking about how sick he was and then tried to fight the police in the police station. They actually had to throw him down because he got and then he f- tried to fight the police out at Sam's Club. I mean. But it wouldn't be the first time that he no. got into an altercation exactly. with a law enforcement officer. There was a time several years ago when he was in trouble for stabbing the first homeless dude that he uh jailer was trying to slip him some food and on the tray when that happened she grabbed his he grabbed her arm whipped the cuffs off of her belt, cuffed her to his wrist, and says, you're mine. Now, yeah, this dude is deep and dark, it sounds like, charged in this crime. So he didn't make the court appearance yesterday. But I'm looking, so I'm, as I'm doing research on this dude, mm-hmm. like, he's got the neck tattoo and everything, and you worked in the prison system. Yeah, I thought it, it was hard to see. When I first saw that, and the, and the DOC pictures are not is they're not ideal because they're a little hard to see, and actually I've talked to them about, about maybe getting a better picture uh, of him when he got to prison i thought originally that that looked like a gang tattoo to me but now looking at it again i'm not so sure but it says uh, it, it says, says daddy, daddy. Yeah, daddy. <laughs> so i'm a little yeah I'm how not does sure. that go over in prison yeah I, some uh, badass gangbanger and you go into prison and you got the neck tattoo and everything 
Daddy. Brian, Daddy. talk to us about the whole angle on the on the homeless camp nearby, and were any of these people all related through that? It, you know? it, it's. I think Stephanie touched on this, um, and Brandon has has done a really great job on this show of talking about a lot of the homeless. A lot of the homeless don't panhandle. A lot of the panhandlers are not homeless. He's talked about that, and he's he's correct on that. He's studied the homeless, but Brandon, there is a uh, uh, John. I'm sorry, there is a homeless camp. Basically, right across the street in the woods area from the Steak and Shake and the Bob Evans. I don't think a lot of people realize it's there. In fact, in the winter, you can see the smoke as they're down there, you know, keep keeping warm. Now, they've cleaned that out at times if there's still a group back in there. And I don't know how many are down there, but I know the police get called out periodically. Um, most of them are just trying to, you know, make it. And they panhandle up at the intersections up, up near Home Depot. But we, no one else is implicated. I want to make that very clear. None of the other homeless people at the camp are accused of doing anything wrong. In fact, without saying too much, there is someone that was in the area of the homeless camp who's a critical witness to the police. And that's all I'm going to say because I want to protect, obviously, his identity. But that person said that the victim went, they were having some sort of dispute. She was trying to get her belongings back from Williams in I take it, they don't go into much detail, I take it Williams was not wanting to give the items back. Now, what we don't know is why then did they walk up and how did they end up at that bridge? That's unclear in here and they don't elaborate. That probably won't come out until the trial. But, you know, something happened to the point where they were walking and then it happened very quick based on these court documents. And that area, there's a lot of homeless folks in that area in the city of Columbia who want to take my taxpayer dollars and build a homeless shelter. And they're trying to, they want, they bought some property. And this is an interesting story. We'll get off into too many branches here. But sure. city councilwoman Betsy Peters uh, bought some land. And now apparently Betsy uh, Peters, who's a city councilwoman, wants to sell that to the Voluntary Action Center. And they want to open up a homeless shelter. There's a story from our news partners at ABC 17. They were telling me that the person, and I don't know how this worked because she used to own the land. She is against that idea. I reached out to her attorney yesterday. We started chatting with email. I'm like, hey, you know, if your client's willing to talk or if you want to talk, what is your opposition to this homeless center? And I'll tell you what it is. And this is why uh, whether you live in uh, Jefferson City, Fulton, uh, whether you live in Sturgeon, Centralia, Ashland, Tanya Heath, who ran for mayor in Columbia several months ago, she spends a lot of time talking to these homeless people, too. You go to uh, some of these centers, and I've been at some of these centers, too, talking to these these people. They know, like in the Midwest, uh, they are marketing. The homeless people are marketing the city of Columbia to the homeless people. They are coming through here. They are coming here because the city of Columbia has done such a good job of marketing. Hey, come and listen. I'm not... Uh, there's, there's homeless families. That's a whole different thing. Sure. That's a different animal. But I want to be clear here about what's happening. They're taking our taxpayer dollars because they're promoting these homeless people. Come here. Come here. Come here. Uh, and it is uh, it's incredibly um, frustrating. The only thing I would add in, in very good detail, by the way, about that proposed homeless facility, which would be essentially right next to the power plant. And, and uh, Mike Murphy was on 93.9 The Eagle and kind of profiled that. And there is certainly some opposition okay. to that. Uh, last thing I'd make a very quick point, Brandon, is that. Um, we learned in this court document that Williams is homeless. Now, that that is a little confusing because there's another court document that says he has a home, um, and I'm not going to say what street, here, here in town, but he is listed officially as homeless here. What I don't know uh, is the victim here, Ms. Schmidt, is she homeless? I can't tell. I take it maybe she is, maybe... Th- 
in some way because she was trying to get her belongings back from him at the camp. So if she's not, she's been homeless based on these court documents. But we don't really learn a lot of detail about when it happened. Just based on this eyewitness, they're walking and the assault happened very quickly. But at least two, and if not more, and the, the, if there's anyone else that saw this that was driving by, the police definitely in Columbia want to hear from you, and they will protect your identity. Uh, by the way, and I want to, so in that, that first thing, uh, why the guy ended up in prison in the first place when he stabbed the, the homeless dude by a gas station back in, what, 2018? 2018. He went into that guy's tent, and I'm not trying to be funny here, but he, he like, can you get tagged with breaking and entering charges, even if you bust into somebody's tent? Does that count as breaking and entering? I'm, I'm being serious. I, I think it's a great question in what we don't know, simply because I just, I've had so much going on and, and it's it's hard to tell without being in court. What I don't know, Brandon Stephanie, is how that got essentially downgraded. That, to me, is first degree assault. Mm-hmm. How that ended up as second degree assault. And it could be something as simple as the homeless man that was attacked was afraid to testify. There's There, there's, there could be factors there that I don't know about. But that is, that really is, if that's not first degree assault, I don't know what is. The man was stabbed with a knife, shot with a paintball gun, attacked in his own tent, the homeless man, and he had life-threatening injuries. That is... From all indications, I'm not a lawyer, Stephanie. That is first-degree assault. I'm confident to say that. The other thing I have a question about is we've been talking a lot about surveillance, and I assume by the location that no one got this on camera, but there's a lot of businesses close by. There is uh, the Bob Evans. There's a Steak and Shake. There's a hotel, and I want to say it's a Best Western. Unfortunately, and there's a socket up the street. I don't know where, and they probably do have some uh, surveillance at those three businesses I mentioned, but I don't know that it faces out towards the street and certainly not up towards where that, I, I doubt it would be able to capture where they were actually standing up on the overpass. Uh, we're hoping Sheree Tolson rice now. She's got an interesting perspective. Anyway, again, we don't know the whole story, but lenient sentences, letting folks out early, downplaying and uh, or downgrading charges. Um, Hopefully, she's going to join us at uh, 710 this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle and News Radio 104.5 KWOS 950. And tomorrow on a feel-good Friday, you know, typically we we chill out on Fridays. Uh, Governor Parson, he knows that we like to chill out on Fridays. Like, hey, can I join you all tomorrow? Uh, Governor Mike Parson joins us on a on a feel-good Friday. Get ready for the Daily DC Rundown. Stephanie Bell, what's shaking? You know, if you're going to lie, like, at least make it believable. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. This laws pop up around the country that are having a ripple effect far beyond the health rights of a pregnant woman. That's President Joe Biden talking about abortion. By the way, Joe and Ron DeSantis of Florida have a budding bromance going on. I think we're going to cover that like uh, 8 or 7 10 this morning. That's getting us into today's Daily DC Rundown with Stephanie Bell. They do. Well, de- Democrats are continuing to make abortion um, and trying to highlight it before the midterms. Uh, Republicans continue to step in it. Herschel Walker said that he, um, you know, didn't pay for this abortion and then the, it comes out yesterday apparently that he fathered a child with this woman and he and so his excuse was i don't know i don't even know who this woman is and she's like oh wait a minute uh, we have a kid together oh um, yeah that well i remember you now so you know they already had the receipts initially and i think maybe you could say oh she asked me for money i gave her some money i didn't know anything about the abortion but then you say oh, i didn't know her and then you're like well you had to kind of know her if you had a kid together, maybe hopefully. Oh, okay. just a little bit. It's not good. Uh, Republican Tim Michaels uh, is uh, also uh, 
taking a step back, he apparently said uh, that he was ne uh, never going to change his position on abortion. Uh, two weeks later, he kind of retreated and uh, has said, well, now I'm going to, I would sign legislation that would grant certain exceptions. Um, and so people involved in really hotly contested Republican races have been, you know, Democrats have been pointing out, oh, you're kind of changing your positions on this. And I think it has a lot to do with where America is right now. Tim Michaels, uh, he's Wisconsin Republican gubernatorial candidate. Yeah. And, um, oh, Joe Biden uh, is praising the brave women of Iran uh, who are demanding, you know, basic rights. Uh, and there is a big uproar right now in Iran. But that is kind of foiling his plan to salvage the 2015 Iran nuclear deal. Um, obviously, that was kind of teetering. And now he is, you know, uh, trying to support the people that are protesting without, you know, it's just it's a big mess. And I this particularly makes me nervous, as well as the U.N. Security Council meeting yesterday about the nuclear missiles. It's just a mess. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. My mom and all of the people that you've affected throughout your life. You don't get to pretend you're some moral family guy. You don't get to pretend all these things. Talk policy. Talk normal. Do not lie. Bang! That's Herschel Walker's kid. His name is Christian. He's like, man, come on. Talk policy. Talk all the stuff, Dad, that you want to do in Senate. By the way, I'm the kid you didn't abort. Uh, do talk policy. Talk that stuff. But don't pretend. Don't lie about these things. Don't do that. And I, you know, and I got to tell you, I completely agree with this kid. I think a lot of times, uh, and I'll speak for me, I don't want to speak for other people. You know, we talk about ownership of things, take ownership, take ownership. Well, when you make a mistake, take ownership of that too. Uh, if you lie, no, no, don't lie. I've found if I don't lie, I don't have to go back and clean up my messes. Isn't that amazing how that works? If I'm just honest, <laughs> wow. But again, politicians being honest, <laughs> you're asking a lot this morning, Brandon. I mean, and so, yeah, an article came out and said, well, Holly still supports Herschel Walker. And they're trying to say, like, oh, he's, you know, can't believe he would do that. Um, but I can kind of, you know, so it wasn't a, it wasn't like this, you know, he's the best dude ever. They just said, hey, you know, in the past, you've said, you know, you support him. Do you still support him? And I think it was just like, yeah, I do. Mm. Um, and I think he agrees with Rick. Rick texted in and said, Walker is a mess, but Warnock is a communist. Uh, and, you know, and so if you have the choice, again, we get kind of back to where we were, where we thought we might be in Missouri. Like if you have two bad choices, you know, and one, like, what do we, what do we call them? The, uh, the uh, rhino Jesus and, uh, and convict conservatives. Yeah. If you have somebody who has really bad personal failings, mm -hmm. but you know they're going to do conservative policies, and then you've got someone else who, as Rick pointed out, is a communist, you, you don't, you, you can't pick, you can't pick, we're going to talk to a libertarian today. You pick the libertarian. One of these two bad people, you know, allegedly are going to win. So you got to pick the least of the worst. And I'm wondering, let's say somebody's a hardcore conservative Republican voter in Georgia. And let's say they believe these allegations that Herschel Walker paid for an abortion 13 years ago. Uh, are they going, well, I'm not voting for him. I like everything else about him. I don't know what it is I like, but I like that he's got the letter R behind his name. Because I really don't know. You know, he's got the conservative. He's got, he checks all the boxes. But he paid for an abortion 13 years ago. Nope, not voting for him. I really... There's probably a few. The really hardcores will say, well, I'm not voting for him because he paid for for an abortion, despite the fact the majority of Americans for years, for a lot of years, have been okay with some kind of abortion. Uh, I, I don't 
I, I don't know that, that many people will say, eh, I'm changing my vote on that one. And I don't think if he would have just come out and said, you know what, I'm not proud of it. It happened. Yeah. I don't I don't think anyone would have changed their vote, honestly, right. maybe a couple people. But I think the lying and the continued lying and the way like like I don't know her. And then she's like, but we had a kid together. I mean, I think that even for a oh, Republican. That one. Yeah, yeah, I do. remember. You're the mother of my. Yeah, I do remember you. I think it's the I think it's the lying that that could turn that probably will turn conservatives off. And, you know, what is it like the devil, you know, right? Somebody, you know, even if I disagree with someone, if they're going to be straight with me. You know, I feel like I'm I can have a conversation. And I think if if you just if you can't predict people and if they're if they're if you feel like they're lying to your face, I feel like a lot of people in business would rather deal with an, uh, you know, a moderate, honest Democrat than a somebody they think lies. Now, here, I don't think they have the choice of a moderate, honest Democrat. So, again, I think a lot of folks are going to stick with with Herschel Walker. And I think this could be a really good case study and a lot of things what's unfolding here. Marsh, let's say you've got your candidate picked out, maybe John. Jonathan Dime, a libertarian candidate who's on Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning, 735 here on the show, running against Eric Schmidt and Trudy. It's a seat Eric is going to win. Uh, we're not so sure that Herschel Walker, even prior to this abortion thing, nah, for what the, the whole thing with The whole thing with Herschel Walker, you know what it brought up in my mind? It, it took me back to the days of when uh, Magic Johnson was being accused of all the sexual improprieties that he had with women over the years and it's like and I, we look at Herschel Walker and it's sort of like yeah pro athlete you know how those guys can be so yeah that's what yeah. they um and, and I'm wondering so if let's say you're voting for Jonathan Dine and let's say there was one issue that he changed his mind on John just one do you think it changes then who you vote for 33 days from now in that U.S. Senate race for Missouri Depends what the issue exactly. was. You know, if he jumps in and says, you know, I've decided I'm I'm not going to drink decaf coffee anymore. <laughs> no. But, but I mean, if it's an issue where he says, I'm completely behind Joe Biden's handling of the economy and all, you know, it can yeah. be a deal breaker for people, no matter how libertarian they are. Well, I want to play what Herschel was saying. Uh, this is, I think, from his conversation with Sean Hannity the, uh, the other night. Sean Hannity is here weekdays starting at 2 o'clock on 93.9 The Eagle and News Radio. Uh, 104.5 KWOS 950. By the way, we introduce ourselves. I'm Stephanie. I'm <laughs> you are? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Off to a fine start. 641 in the morning. Brandon and now, hasn't had enough coffee this morning. But if I demand that you <laughs> identify me as Stephanie by George. I thought it, it was Brandina. If you don't call me Stephanie, I'm calling the ACLU. That's how I demand. I oh, you just lost our vote. See? <laughs> Perfect example. I demand you identify me as Stephanie. Even though I'm not, you identify me as Stephanie. That is Stephanie Bell. Good morning. Uh, there's producer Hannah. Good morning. Uh, Brian Houseworth is here. There is Mr. John Marsh, who is no longer voting for me. Good morning, John. Good morning, and you lost your vote. Lost We're vote. probably better off. <laughs> probably. <laughs> you know, I used to be, uh, and it's... Silly, I, I don't. I don't want to come off like as a humble brag, but occasionally people would say, "Hey, you know, have you ever thought about doing something locally as far as an office?" I'm like, and it used to be no, uh, you know, because I got stuff out there and uh, I don't want to. Well, over the past two years, I haven't had a drink in 773 days, and a lot of folks have been more open about what's out there, and it's kind of like, huh? Still wouldn't run for office or anything. <laughs> still wouldn't do it. The thing that worries me the most—it's not my past because I can use the past to. 
you know, behave differently now. But like old comedy videos on YouTube, like dating a chick in a wheelchair and stuff, that's the stuff. Yikes. Oh, you've been arrested a couple of times. You stole some fishing poles. You stole a Subway sandwich from an airport in Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah. That I don't think would upset people anymore. It's, oh, you did a joke about dating women in wheelchairs and, and, and that's the stuff that would freak people out. Well, and you're finding so many more ways to get involved. Like, you know, we talk about getting involved, but it doesn't always mean running for office. Yeah. And, and like, in, you've really picked up a lot of community stuff over the last, especially six months. Well, I had a lot of community stuff in the past, too. Right. It was just called community service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Herschel Walker. Well played. <laughs> Herschel Walker on his son. Well, I love my son unconditionally, and I, that's where I've always been. I always love him unconditionally. You know, he graduated college uh, a couple of months ago. All right, now, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, Wake Up Mid-Missouri, you would have seen Stephanie frown, which is funny because I had that same reaction. What about the first eight seconds of that comment caused you to make a face? I'll tell you, he sounded like, well, I love my son. Uh, he sounded like a robot. Here's, hey, Herschel, when you go out and you talk to Sean tonight, here's what you say. I love my son unconditionally. And, like, which son? And wasn't that the same son that was on Twitter saying, like, you were never here for me? Like, this is why I'm mad. He's now a young man doing his own thing, but his father's always there for him. I always will be for any, any of my kids, and I love him. I always support him, and I always have supported him, and I always will, and I love him unconditionally. But he's doing uh, tremendous damage to you by coming out with those statements. Do you know why he's saying this? Well, the damage he's doing is letting people know that the left will do whatever they can. So that was Brian Kilmeade on Fox, actually, that he was talking to, but... Uh, so the, he's doing this because the left has gotten a hold of him and said, hey, go out and say this stuff about your dad. That's what Herschel is saying there. And here's and Josh Hawley, our senator, says he still uh, will support Herschel Walker in the Senate race. Latest poll of consistently polls have shown what polls are worth that Herschel Walker is not going to win that race anyway. But that's important to us here in mid-Missouri. This morning you might think, well, a Georgia Senate race. But if you're newer to politics, newer to talk radio, it is important. It is about control of the Senate. We've seen some of the things that have come across the finish line since those tragic events of January the 20th, 2021. We've got to get control of, uh, of the Senate. And here's the thing with Herschel Walker. This could be a great case study. Think about it. Here we are, we're debating, you know, and I'm not debating whether or not it's true because I don't care whether he paid for an abortion 13 years ago. I, I just simply don't care. What I do care about is that, yeah, we need to have better people in the Senate because of the direction we're going in uh, with this country. It's insane. I mean, people won't identify me as Stephanie, even though I demanded to be identified as Stephanie. I have a reputation to protect. <laughs> Uh, so all these people are debating and know whether or not it's true and the abortion. And I think people are having to come to terms and be honest with themselves about where they really stand on abortion. Because I'll go back to what I said yesterday. I'm going to triple down here. I believe a lot of people aren't as uh, passionate about, uh, personally about abortion as they are. as just a political issue. And I think we're going to see maybe some of that with Herschel Walker. Like, Okay, I'm okay that he did that. But the other thing, what would we be talking about today if Herschel, as soon as these allegations came out, and this could apply to any politician, any scandal that they say, no, it's not true. What's your reaction if a politician comes out and says, yeah, I, I did. And I should have been honest about it, but I didn't because I had fear that you were going to judge me, whatever. What, what would we be saying about them this morning? I think... 
Marsh, and I don't know about you, but I'd be like, man, I got respect for you. You messed up or you lied. I have respect that you're taking ownership of your mistake. You are taking ownership of your lie. You are admitting it and trying to make it right. Doesn't necessarily mean that I would potentially vote for you, but I think we'd be having a different conversation. What about you? Do you think that would help, John? Yeah, it depends. You think back to this stuff like, gosh, think back, Brandon, like Wilbur Mills. Remember that one with the found intoxicated with the stripper and all that? And, you know, and then those people, you know, in this day age, you know, if you fess up to it, I don't know how much more it's going to do for your campaign. But it can't be, you know, it, it can't do any more damage, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I don't think it would be a story today because we keep, like, every day it's a headline of another layer of the lie. And if he just came out and said, you know what, I think we would be talking about something else. Ownership. Coming up a few minutes from now here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. We're going to be doing... National anthem. We got to play our school song. Um, Governor Parson really pumped everybody up more more so than usually before, even in an assembly. And so it was just great to see the school spirit. That's Tara Bishop. She is the principal of Blair Oaks Elementary, chatting with KRCG. Governor Parson went to a couple of schools in Cole County. Yes, he was at uh, Eugene. He went to Blair Oaks. He went to Blair Oaks. They were one of the very few schools in the nation to be honored with a blue ribbon. And this was right after uh, I applaud leadership there at Blair Oaks. Finally, somebody said, man, let's quit talking about this transgender stuff. This is stupid. We are here to educate people. They got a Blue Ribbon Award. Uh, Governor Parson was there uh, yesterday, and the kids were excited. Governor Parson uh, talked uh, talked with his folks yesterday and said, hey, it's Feel Good Friday. Uh, decent special session, uh, I guess. Well, yeah, and how cool is it that he's in the school because there's uh, pictures all over from yesterday. He's sitting in his office signing, you know, the most historic tax cut in state history, and then he's like, hold on, got to go over to Blair Oaks. Yeah. And then after signing one of the most historic tax cuts in the history of Missouri, first radio show, he's coming <laughs> on in all the state of Missouri. Wake up mid-Missouri. Here on 93.9 The Eagle and News Radio 104.5 KWOS 950. That's Stephanie Bell. I'm Brandon Rath. John Marsh, producer Hannah, Brian Houseworth is here, too. Uh, I want get, to get into this real quick. Steph, you ever play Wordle? Uh, yeah. All right, Marsh, you play Wordle? No, but it's, uh, I never mastered Sudoku, so don't rely on me. I'm still trying to get tic-tac-toe down before I moved on to things. I, uh, Hannah, you ever play uh, the Wordle? Oh, yeah. It was, a, it, was a th- it was like really hot for a little bit, and I guess some people are still playing. I don't understand the concept, know nothing about it, but a listener tipped us off to this. I do know this. The word it's some puzzle and you whittle it down to a word or something. You have six tries, there's five letters, and it tells you, you know, it lights up and it says, Is your letter right? And is it in the right place? Okay. The word yesterday is all to come down to one word. The word yesterday? Marsh. Oh. <laughs> How about that? Man, not only are you legendary here in mid Missouri practicing journalism for over thirty years here in the state of Missouri. Yeah, they were running out of five-letter words is what happened. Uh, They thought, hey, let's honor that kid there in mid-Missouri, John Marsh. Marsh, word of the day yesterday on. So, and I wanted to talk about this. I'm like, oh, I should do this. But apparently, thank goodness. Somebody said, no, you can't do that because there's hundreds of thousands of other people in Missouri here that play Wordle that haven't gotten up to do this yet. So you should wait till tomorrow. Yeah, you can't give away the answer. But there is like a huge, hotly contested debate about what five-letter word do you start with? And I, sometimes I would start with eagle, 
just because I thought maybe it's lucky. <laughs> it's not really a good word because it has two E's, but maybe you could start with Marsh today and see if that, that sets you off on a good path. Marsh, congratulations, buddy. How about that? Uh, man, just last month you won an I'm award. I'm legendary. Honored. You are honored by uh, <laughs> honored for your work, uh, your news coverage during COVID, now Wordle, honoring our John Marsh. Uh, yes, I need a raise. <laughs> Uh, Kamala Harris, the other day, she's she's in her security detail and involved in, uh, I don't know, a fender bender kind of car crash kind of thing. A couple of onlookers from a third-story apartment window filming the thing. Fucking insane. Can you hear that? We saw her. Angie, we saw her. I saw her. We saw her. We saw her. So they get all kinds of excited and stuff. But apparently the bigger thing is, is... And I don't know how it works with the Secret Service, but they send some kind of electronic uh, indicator like, hey, we're off track or something. And they said it was a mechanical failure, but there's some officials saying, no, it wasn't a mechanical failure. Like, dude, you went over and hit the curb. Uh, but it makes and she gets into another car and she just goes on to the next thing because our vice philosophizer, that's just what she does. Seems like maybe it's a small issue, it's a big issue. You need to get to go and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home. She had to get home. She had to get to go to where she had to get going to, and she had to go, and so she just climbed into another car <laughs> uh, and uh, called it good. You're a vice philosophizer. Coming up here, 703, Brian Housworth. More details that we have uncovered in the past 24 hours regarding the death of a woman after she was pushed over a, a bridge on 63 near Clark Lane. Then Cherie Tolson Reich. She is here at 710. We're going to be talking about lenient sentences and time served and all that, and I think she has... Uh, uh, an incredibly unique take on this. Remember, Cherie Tolson-Reich, 